Welcome, everyone. This is Russ Galzo, Chronicles of the End Times. We are so happy to have you with us today. And today we have a special podcast, something that I've been looking forward to for a long time. A very good friend of mine, Wayne Williams. Wayne has been in radio for years and has promoted and emceed concerts and done interviews with so many different artists. And it's great to have Wayne with us today. And it's all about the Jesus movement today. Good to have you, Wayne. I tell you, Russ, it's a blast to be here. (laughs) Hey, it's a blast having you, brother. Wayne, you know, we talk about um, the great moves of God in the past and all these different revivals that have taken place. But you and I have experienced a revival in the late 60s and early 70s. We've seen God move incredibly across the Jersey Shore and uh, many, touching many, many lives. And uh, it kind of makes us hungry for those days again. Uh, You know, we like to see those days come back. You know, it's true. And uh, But, you know, the thing that, um, as I think about the the movement of you know of the Jesus movement itself back during those days and i think about today um in some ways the 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 landscape is similar you know there are people who are searching there are people who are looking uh just like they were back in the late 60s early 70s um and obviously people have been looking for for centuries and decades and millennia, et cetera, et cetera. But um, there just seemed to be a spontaneous uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit back in that time where it wasn't, it wasn't an event that was orchestrated by a church. It wasn't one of these things where, um, you know, one of the misconceptions of a lot of churches or uh, groups is we're going to have a revival again. Our our annual revival services are going to be, you know, here in the tent in August. Uh, bring, you know, bring everybody. I mean, you know, Neil Diamond, um, you know, uh, where you know, grab the old lady, pack up the babies, grab the old ladies. Everybody goes to Brother Love's show. You know, it's it's it wasn't that type of a thing. Um, you know, there were people that for somehow some way were were seeking uh, the face of the Lord, and God answered their prayers because indeed that's really what it was. And uh, and in answer to those prayers, they uh, they became children of God. They became sons of God. Uh, from you know John one twelve, and um, you know as they started sharing with other people because there was there was there was an openness. People were looking, and. You know, so it was just a very, very natural thing, you know, whether, you know, somebody say, well, I found, you know, I found uh, the Maharaji or the Maharishi or whoever he was, you know, uh, this yogi or that one, Um, you know, you're going to share the good news. And that's what happened when they became, you know, believers in Jesus Christ. They understand, they understood that they had come face to face with the creator of the universe, that he had died for them. And this was indeed good news, and they were willing to share it. And as they shared it, it's what the people were looking for, whether they were looking for it in, you know, in drugs or in music or in, uh, you know, some of the, you know, the free sex that was out there. You know, it was there, and it was it was exciting. And, uh, you know, and it, it kind of uh, it, it kind of caught, um, you know, caught fire. And 
you know, where did it start? Well, that's a great question because I know, you know, there was a, there was a great movement out on the West Coast, you know, um, you know, the Calvary Chapel movement, of course, was, uh, was born out of that with Chuck Smith and, uh, you know, and, and, and along that train, um, that whole movement there in California really kind of launched Christian music in a sense where you had, you know, Christian bands that um, were becoming Christians. They were secular bands. One of the guys became a Christian. He told the others, the next thing you know, uh, they're writing Christian music. You know, one of my pet peeves of music today, it wasn't the, you know, the formulated Christian music that, you know, that we want to make sure we're going to get on the charts. You know, you know, I want my picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. (laughs) (laughs) It was, you know, this is what's going on in my life now. I'm a musician. All I know how to do is share my heart through my music. And that's what happened. And there were so many phenomenal uh, groups that were, you know, were spawned out of this, you know, movement from uh, from California, uh, as well as New Jersey. I, you know, so I mean, trying to figure out exactly where where it began. Well, you know, I would probably say might have might have been California. I remember Arthur Blessed, the minister of the Sunset Strip. You know, he used to, you know, walk around and uh, he had he's had some amazing stories. I met him years ago. Um, you know, just the fact of you know he was sharing with some of the hell's angels and bikers and so forth they were getting ready to kill him he was tapping into he he was affecting some of the stuff that they were doing people stopped buying drugs because they were becoming christians you know uh, i mean there's just you know the stories and the stories and the stories you know it's just you know you can just go on and on and on but there were so many effects and eventually here on the east coast in the jersey shore area was a big you know it was a big thing um a lot going on down like an ocean grove. Uh, I was involved in a uh, Christian coffee house in uh, Belmar in 1971. You know, we had a, um, you know, we had a big concert in Ocean Grove that same summer in Ocean Grove in 72. Uh, some friends of mine had a, uh, um, a house, a hotel that they had rented all year. Um, during the summer, it turned into kind of a, um, almost like a Labrie. You know, where we, you know, it was kind of like a, like a study place, you know, where people would go there and, you know, hang out. So, I mean, you know, and, and speaking of Labrie, you know, you had Francis Schaefer, <laughs> I mean, you know, who was one of the um, key components, of course, because a lot of what he was writing, he was writing some stuff that was uh, very prophetic, Um you know, what's going to happen to the church if they don't do this, this, and this, and looking back here in 2017 at some of the stuff that he wrote back in the late 60s he was so right on target so you know when we think of the jesus movement um it is so much more than a tent revival in a field someplace in you know middle america or the bible belt or you know it's there's just there's just so much more to it it's just uh it was just an amazing amazing phenomenon that kind of manufactured revival we hear so much about and we talk about so much. You know, we're going to have revival services and, you know, we're going to bring in this speaker and we're going to have this band or this group or this choir or whatever it is. Um, you know, it's all well-intended, I'm sure, but uh, the real move of God that sweeps across the country 
just comes from the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and and it doesn't necessarily have to be in a church, and most of the time it's not, and it, it's created outside of that, you know, uh, so-called uh, religious dome, mm-hmm. you know, just like in Jesus' time, right. right? I mean, where did it start? It started with him in the streets, uh, and people just started following the message. And Because, uh, yeah, I remember um, back even, the God was just moving through everywhere and everything, knocking down all kinds of boundaries. I mean, I got saved through charismatic renewal. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then we had uh, Father Ferry, who was going up and down the coast, um, preaching the good news with two nuns who were playing guitar. And it was the first time I ever saw that. I almost passed out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, what the heck is this? And uh, But the Spirit of God was all over him. And it was just people were getting uh, saved by the hundreds. And uh, it was amazing. And so God was reaching in. They didn't care what denomination it was and or where you were or, you know, whether you were, you know, a biker and you were, you know, toting a gun and uh, doing drugs and selling them and everything else or you were walking the streets or it didn't matter god was there you know i kind of refer to it sometimes as when god walked the streets i mean obviously we know god is in everything anyway but it just seemed that way it just seemed like god was actually walking the streets and and touching people and you talk about origins a lot of people believe that you know some women got together out towards notre dame and they dedicated themselves to prayer and that was maybe the beginning of the charismatic movement. You know, uh, nobody really knows for sure. But let's talk about that a minute. I mean, prayer, right? I mean, where do we stand today? I mean, compared to um, what we used to see. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's that's so interesting. Um, in my my work life, you know, over the last couple decades you know i've had uh opportunities to um you know to spend time with pastors in different churches uh different capacities different reasons um but one of the things that i have seen as i speak to i'll speak to a pastor and talk about the church and the health of the church and he's well you know things are not just not as exciting as they used to be you know families are getting so caught up in um you know, the recreational things, the school things, church is not a priority anymore. And I said, well, you know, how's your, how's your prayer meetings? You know, and he's, well, you know, we we're, we weren't getting anybody to come to prayer meetings, so we're not having prayer meetings anymore. And, uh, you know, and, and then I would go to another church and I would say, you know, I would see that there was growth and I would ask the pastor, you know, what do you attribute this to? And he said, well, uh, nothing other than prayer. He said, you know, we were, you know, things were kind of dwindling. And uh, he said, I just, you know, I said, let's cut all programs and let's just focus on prayer for X amount of time. And uh, because without prayer, you know, the church, the local church is not going to be able to move forward. We're not going to have a heart for people if we're not praying for the people. And, you know, so I found that it was, you know, directly related that you know, the churches that um, prioritized prayer as the number one thing that they needed to be doing uh, to infuse life and health and growth into their local body, prayer was the key. The churches that were not praying were were falling apart, were faltering, were, you know, just going through some really difficult times. One of the things that I've really appreciated out of, um, you know, reading through the Hidden Throne series 
the um, you know the faithfulness of those people in prayer for people who have not read the Hidden Thrones series. Um, I, I highly recommend it because there's a lot of stuff that goes on, and there's a lot of uh, attention paid to the the effects of the hidden realm you know when we you know paul talks about us not wrestling with flesh and blood but with angels and principalities and powers we are shielded by a lot of that here in america but you go i remember audio adrenaline years ago they went haiti i think it was and they they came out with the uh the album you know it was talking about zombies and stuff because they actually physically saw um you know demonic influences in other you know, in another culture, you know, that we don't have no idea, you know, here, um, for the most part, yes, there are factions, um, you know, in the United States that, you know, get del- delve into that, shall we say. But, um, you know, but the thing I like about Hidden Thrones is that there are people are praying because prayer, it should not be, you know, well, it's my last resort. All I could do is pray. It should be the first thing that we're going to. And a lot of people say that, you know, yeah, yeah, I realize it needs to be the first thing. And those people that are prayer warriors, those people who know how to um, access, you know, the, the, the throne of God um, and in a very real way. I mean, I, I love my time in the car, you know, by myself. Um you know, there are a lot of times I'll just turn the radio off, turn all the distractions off. You know, driving for the most part is brainless. <laughs> and I can, you know, and I can just kind of spend time with, you know, with God, uh, you know, because I know he's right there with me anyway. And uh, some of the best prayer times I've had have been, you know, together with him. Thank you for listening to episode one of an interview with Wayne Williams. Episode 2 is on its way. So God bless to each one. Keep looking up. The King is on his way. Oh,